Are you ready for the end of the world? <laughs> I mean, the news article first one is global warming will happen sooner than you thought. Yeah, so the end is nigh. <laughs> it's like, the end is nigh. Are you ready for the end of the world? You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Or the Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. <laughs> Just like I actually um, had to start a Facebook profile because I started blogging, so a public one. Yeah. And my middle name is the Energy Mon. And <laughs> someone recently had to write me a check for work for, you know, my. I, I did some work and they're like, can I not write your middle name in there? I was like, um, it's not really my middle name. <laughs> they're like, what? I thought it was like ethnic. I was like, it's the Energy Mon. And they're like, what? Oh, <laughs> like, what? oh like, yeah. Because they apparently met me on Facebook. So yeah, no, they knew me. I mean, but it's <laughs> just like they, <laughs> they thought realize. it was your middle name. Yeah. <laughs> so that was exciting. So yeah, yeah. I've it's been an exciting few uh, weeks of doing off grid stuff. I never thought I'd go back to doing off grid solar. So yeah, living the off grid life, which isn't perfect because. Um, on the grid, you're offsetting, you know, pollution and saving the world. Hmm. Off grid, you're saving your sanity. So, okay, it works. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Um, dangerous global warming. Do we have like that sound effect? Dun dun dun. Yeah. That one. That wasn't creepy enough. Dun dun dun. Dun 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 dun. Dangerous global warming will happen sooner than thought. Sooner than thought. Thought is like instantaneous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then say sooner than you thought. Yeah. It's like sooner than thought. Yeah. Headlines sometimes don't have quite the same grammar that we do. Well, they don't have enough space, right? Yeah. <laughs> the world is on track to dr- reach dangerous levels of global warming much sooner sooner than expected. According to a new Australian research. They're down under. What do they know? <laughs> well, they knew a lot because it's really affecting them. The new Australian research that highlights the alarming implications of rising energy demand. University of Queensland's and Griffith, isn't that like this university from Harry Potter? <laughs> no, no, not quite. Okay. The University of Queensland's and Griffith University researchers have developed a, quote, global energy tracker which predicts average world temperatures could rise 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels by 2020. So this global energy tracker is like Santa Claus's tracker if you're good or bad. Yeah, like they, they yeah, when Santa Claus is coming, they show it. It's just like, they're like, when global warming is coming. That forecast, based on new modeling using long-term average projections on economic growth, population growth, and energy use per person points to a two Celsius rise by 2030. Man, 2030 is just like way far away from now. <laughs> uh, just way. around the corner. It's like it's like a teenager from now. Yeah, well, that's I've got a kid on the way, so I was actually thinking that when I read this. Oh, wow, by the time my kid grows up, it's going to be two degrees Celsius. Like, Oops. Yeah, he'll be like a teenager, and he'll be like, why, why <laughs> have you? Yeah, why you know? didn't you fix this? It's just like 
fact, UN Conference on Climate Change in Paris last year agreed to a 1.5 degrees rise as the preferred limit to protect vulnerable island states and a 2 degree Celsius rise as the absolute limit. Yeah. So we're we're already getting really close to the like preferred limit and the absolute limit is just coming up by 2030. Yeah, I don't like the preferred limit. <laughs> that's pl- that's po- political speak. Yeah, that's the political speak. The preferred limit. Yeah. We prefer the 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 point where we're fairly confident we're not all going to die is the preferred limit. <laughs> <laughs> just like the the point where it's about 50/50 is the 2 degrees Celsius. So the new modeling is the brainchild of Ben Hanek. I don't know, Hankamer from uh, UQ's Institute for Molecular Bioscience and Liam Wagner from Griffith University's Department of Accounting, Finance, and Economics. Ah, so they've got the bioscience people and the economic and uh, finance people working together. That's amazing. <laughs> so th- their work was published in the journal Plus One on Thursday. Hey, we're on top of things. <laughs> yeah. This is like the next day. Unless it was last Thursday. <laughs> then we're a week in a day. Still close enough. It is the first model to include energy use per person, which has, of course, more than doubled since 1950, alongside economic and population growth as a growth. I said gross. <laughs> <laughs> as a way of predicting carbon emissions and corresponding temperature increases. The researcher said, the earlier-than-expected advance of global warming revealed by their modeling added a newfound urgency to the switch from fossil fuels to renewables. He said, quote, The more the economy grows, the more energy use. The conclusion really is the economists and environmentalists are on the same side and have both came to the same conclusion. We've got to act now, and we don't have much time. Yeah. And so, you, you know... Acting is like a process of not actually doing. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can be an actor. What was the thing is be a human doing, not a human being. A human doing, not a human being. Yeah. <laughs> Just like- so now we are human doing something about the climate crisis. And this is really interesting, the, the science behind it, too, that they are analyzing individual consumption levels rather than just trying to look at general trends of how much each country is consuming. You know, they're saying how much is each individual consuming, how many individuals are there, and how much is that going up? Well, yeah, I mean, our energy use has doubled since 1950, but our population has much more than doubled. Yeah, so we're in um, yeah. on the fast track to <laughs> disaster. I mean, you know, we're just, um, I can't say that word, but we're sexing ourselves to death. <laughs> <laughs> just like mm. by having more kids that's tree song you're it's ruining it <laughs> just like... yeah well i like to say that it's it's population times consumption levels if we had seven billion indigenous living their traditional lifestyles and not consuming many resources then we'd probably be fine but seven billion people living like the the high consuming american lifestyle that'll crush the planet pretty quickly and i mean if you look at trends our energy use per person is starting to go down um, on an individual level, but we're still industrially buying a lot of junk. Yeah. You know, so just, and the reason it's going down on an individual level is there's much more smaller, more energy efficient stuff. I mean, like we were talking about before the show, like I no longer have a laptop, you know, yeah. I do everything on, you know, my smart device. Right. 
Yeah. It, so it uses a lot less energy. Um, so I was actually talking about this next story with a friend of mine who had bet on the Iditarod. And <laughs> yeah. he was just like, he got online to, or he got, he said, you know, on Sunday, I think it was, he was going to start watching it. But he said they couldn't watch it. <laughs> Why? Yeah, because the Iditarod sled race, uh, sled dog race, lacks snow. So Alaska ships some in. What? Like- <laughs> this sounds like, you know, I'm, as, as you may know, I'm a climate fiction author. This sounds like something I would put in a story as one of those extreme things that happens when the warming comes. But it's real. It's, it's happened, it happened this year. As mushers and their dogs prepare for the Iditarod sled dog race, the fabled trek through Alaska's wilderness, a warm winter has once again robbed the starting line of an important ingredient, snow. To make sure the dozens of sledding teams are greeted with snow at the start of their roughly 1,000-mile journey, organizers decided to ask the Alaska Railroad to trundle in about 350 cubic yards of it from snowier locales. Okay, so they shipped all this snow from other parts of Alaska to the start of the Iditarod. And it's not like the whole race didn't still operate over snow. Although, I think it was three years ago, they've had to change the route. Yeah. Because now the race can no longer go over bodies of water because the, you know, like streams and stuff. Because they aren't freezing all the way or are not frozen at all. And so they've had to change the route. Because, you know, what typically is a thick layer of ice is no longer there or too dangerous. Yeah. And so... Um, I like this quote. Moving snow... It's from the train company. Uh, Moving snow out of the way, we don't usually bring it to somewhere else. <laughs> just, <laughs> Tim Sullivan from the railroad. They're trying to get it out of the way. Yeah. Not, not. They usually just push it out of the way. You know, they don't usually ship it somewhere. So according to the National Weather Service, 27 inches of snow has fallen in Anchorage since July. The area normally sees... About 61 inches in that amount of time. So, yeah, less than half of what they usually get. So, I mean, they did get snow, but then it melted. Yeah. You know, so the back up snow yeah. <laughs> arrived on Thursday. The The boulder-shaped material filling up several uh, train cars that are designed to flip open and dump out their contains. It was enough snow to blanket a football field up to three inches, but it is apparently not enough to cover the 11-mile track in Anchorage, which will be used for the ceremonial start of the race on Saturday. So the ceremonial course will be eight miles shorter this year. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, like... But between the lack of snow and the, the harm it causes to the dogs, I think it may be time to just stop the... Uh-huh, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like a tradition. Yeah. I, like, you go tell them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's people watching from all over the world. Yeah. It's like, and I, I read that it's like there is people from all over the world participating in the race. Mm. So, um, I mean, the future will be they'll just have to do it with wheels, right? Yeah, they'll just do wheels or they'll do, I, I don't even know, hovercrafts like, or something. You know, I mean, cross-country, you know, four-wheelers pulled by dogs. Yeah. Right? Well, see, if they do hovercrafts, then they could just, it'd be a nice trip for the dogs. They don't have to be cruel to the dogs anymore. The hovercraft just floats up the, all the people on the sled and dogs just relaxedly walk along they they have to run it's a race yeah <laughs> just like relaxedly walk along yeah like. uh, yeah i don't think it's gonna happen here's another here's an interesting story uh this is a show i actually watched this tv show makes climate change a serious political thriller we need those sound effects again dun 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 
Occupied isn't a show about climate change. Sure, there's an energy and environment policy undercurrent. The drama drops viewers into a clean-tech-minded Norway held hostage by Russian and EU oil interests. But mostly the plot revolves around cops and guns and politicians and terrorists. This is a show about the security apparatus, about xenophobia and high-stake political brokerage. So in other words, it's exactly a show about climate change. I thought it was about the <laughs> Occupy movement. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's the Occupy that it comes to that title because the Russians come. Norway says that they're not going to use oil anymore. And the Russians come in and say, yeah, actually, you're going to keep using oil. We're going to send in troops to make you do it. Oh, so it's like that old movie from like the 50s, The Red Scare or something. I forget what it's called. Oh, yeah, like Red Dawn. There you go. Yeah, that was the 80s. That was a, wow. a classic. <laughs> I've never seen it, so yeah, my ignorance. All right. This was created by a Norwegian novelist. Occupy's near future bleeds into the present. While Moscow forces sets up camp in Oslo, the speed and ease with which it occurs is darkly familiar. That's it's it's kind of like what's already happened. Yeah, it's kind of like in Crimea how Russia came into Crimea. Now, of course, yeah. the the I mean the 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 show are, is fictionalized. Yeah, but while they were filming it, Russia invaded Crimea. Yeah. So, and now of course they don't talk about how the United States contributed to the the crisis in Ukraine too. <laughs> But that's that's one of the things I actually didn't like about the show is it kind of demonizes Russia when Russia and the U.S. are both doing dirty things in foreign policy. But it's kind of interesting. I mean, people who were watching it were thinking, you know, this right here is influencing the show. Yeah. But they had already written the whole, you know, season show. Yeah, they already wrote it, started filming it. And, all and that. then, you know, Russia invaded Crimea and they're like, you know, it, people who were watching it probably thought it was, you know, War of the Worlds, like, actually happening. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's interesting the way I like the article mentions it, that the, it portrays the oil and gas sector as as uh, foreboding and pervasive. It's this big part of the society in Norway. And um, it's interesting how it connects the, the tension between, you know, it hardly, it doesn't really talk all that much about climate change, but then all of this political stuff and violence happens and ultimately, they keep driving home occasionally that it all comes back to climate change. Yeah, that's the point. I mean, it says here, we're left with the occasional reminders that the Russian occupation, the sacrifices of liberty, the terror, and the rest of the domino effect, they're all stemmed from our questioning, our devotion of fossil fuels. Yeah. So basically saying, I don't want fossil fuels. And they're like, too bad. Yeah. And a part of me, even though I don't agree that all of these details would have happened exactly like they do in the TV show... I think if Norway did just suddenly say, no, we're not going to put out any more oil, somebody would probably step in and force them to <laughs> because people still want their oil. So ha what happens when, you know, states or cities try to respond to the changing climate and realize they can't because of, you know, the entrenchment of our you know government and politics? Yeah. So interesting. During the most important year for climate change, TV coverage fell. What? Media Matters for America has published a report detailing U.S. broadcast news coverage of climate change in 2015, and their findings are stunning. 2015 was a banner year for climate news. February, June, October, November, and December were each the respective hottest months on record. 
and 2015 shattered the record for the hottest year. The Pope delivered a climate ecu... Oh, I just... Oh, yeah, encyclical. In, what's, a, what's an encyclical? Is this like a speech? Yeah, a statement. I was going to say ecumenical. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, I lost it. Investigative journals list that Inside Climate News discovered that Exxon knew about the dangers of human-caused global warming while it funded a climate misinformation campaign for like 30 years. Yeah, hashtag Exxon knew. And the New York Attorney General launched a behavior into the company's, launched an investigation into the company's behavior. President Obama's clean power plan went into effect and he rejected the Keystone XL pipeline. And most importantly, 195 countries agreed to cut carbon pollution as much as possible to stem global warming. Yeah, so you would think it would be all over the news. You'd think climate coverage would increase 200%, you know. I mean, even on our show, it probably increased last year because of all that was going on. So most of the decline was due to ABC, which only spent, listen to this, 13 minutes, not a month, not a day, in the whole of 2015 covering climate change. Three times less than Fox. Yeah, even Fox talked about it more. Now, they, they spread a bunch of lies, <laughs> but they talked about it. While Fox's coverage increased, most, of course, the network's climate segments featured interviews with guests who criticized effects to address global warming. In particular, the award-winning Inside Climate News Exxon investigation and the launch of the Clean Power Plan were largely overlooked by all the news networks. Yeah, the fact that I didn't cover the Inside Climate News, the Exxon investigation, really blew my mind. The According to the graph... With 13 minutes of news for the whole year? Yeah. I, I mean, you couldn't name anything that hasn't got 13 minutes of news for the year. Yeah. it's That is a blackout. Yeah, probably like the royal family in England got more than 13 I got minutes. 13 minutes of news, and I'm not even like on the news. Yeah. Probably I didn't, but... Yeah. Well, and so, according to the graph... Only one segment on, on PBS that was the only coverage on television at all about this Exxon investigation. Nobody on the other networks covered it. So if you didn't listen to your community spirit, you probably didn't hear about this Exxon investigation. Wow. We are mainstream news. <laughs> yeah, we are. I'm, what? We are the news. If you want to actually hear about climate news, you got to tune into your community spirit. And that reminds me, WDBX has all sorts of wonderful, amazing things you can't get anywhere else. That is true. So it's, us, wait, <laughs> it's wonderful us. but amazing. Amazing, yeah. Uh, <laughs> at least we bring you the or news. amazing. I'm or amazing. Or amazing. <laughs> yeah. So show your friendship for WDBX. Give us a call six one eight four five seven three six nine one. This station's been on the air twenty years. Our show's been on the air seventeen. Yeah. We either are, you know, just blathering to the wind, or people actually like listen and like. So when they like us. They have to be friends with us, do they? Yes. <laughs> That's kind of like the whole Facebook trend. Liking is a friend, right? Friends like. Yeah. And, so. and friends show their friendship to WDBX with $20 in honor of the 20th anniversary. You can go to WDBX.org or 618. $20, I think we're, we're better friends than that. It should be like take me out to dinner like at least every other month. So that would be $10 a month, right? I mean, come on. I'm a good friend. 
You can do it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 618-457-3691. Give us a call. So, one more story here before we get into the happenings. Uh, South Africa just opened the continent's first power, first solar-powered airport. First powered. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> first all... powered, not in, 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 the, in Africa, but in the world. Yeah. So, first solar-powered airport. South Africa has opened the continent's first solar-powered airport in Western Cape, George Airport. George Airport, which serves over 600,000 passengers annually, has launched a clean energy project which, during its first phase, will contribute around 40% of the airport's electricity needs. So they're starting at 40% clean electricity there. But once completed, the airport is expected to be totally independent of the national grid. The airport will generate its electricity by harnessing energy from sun tapped through photovoltaic panels, which were installed at the cost of almost a million dollars. Airport company South, uh, airports company South Africa, which runs the airport, hopes George Airport will be the first of nine airports under its control to run on solar. So they're going to convert a whole nine airport system to solar. Now, this is the first one in Africa. Yeah. But the first one in the ever solar-powered airport in the world was... Yeah, in India. Yeah, but what's the town? Uh, let's the, see. Cochin International Airport. Yeah, so... So that was the world's first ever solar-powered airport. And it only cost them nine point five million dollars. Only, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's like. So, I, well, I mean, I wonder how much they spend in electricity. Yeah. So to you know, basically, they spent that much money, which I don't know, what half the cost of a plane. I don't. Yeah. Make up numbers. <laughs> and so maybe someday, now they don't have to pay electric bill. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, well, got to maintain the panels, but it doesn't take much. It's like, and so maybe someday we will be as technologically advanced as India and South Africa, and we'll have solar-powered airports. <laughs> what? Are you crazy? Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm teasing the U.S., you know. Today is Worship of Tools Day. It's also Jan- Johnny Appleseed Day. Mm. And Plant a Flower Day. Learn about Butterflies Day. Ooh. And coming up... National Pie Day. Yes, on the 14th, because it's the value of pie, 3.1415926. Yeah, but that's not a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at, what was the number? Uh, th- uh, 3.1415926. So 159, so at 159, <laughs> you get pied. Yeah. All right. You get 2.6 slices of pie. <laughs> be prepared to get pied at 159. Yeah. And then Tuesday, you'll be dumbstruck at the fact that you got pied the day before. Yeah. And this is dumbstruck day. Yeah. These two holidays are funny together. Tuesday is everything you think is wrong day. And then Wednesday, everything you do is right day. <laughs> just like, <laughs> I don't get that. Just <laughs> like. Beware the Ides of March on the 15th. So. Yeah. All right. Um, it is Red Cross Month, National Women's History Month, Social Workers Month, and. Of course, the most important thing of all, Irish Month. <laughs> it's like, so. In Happenings. The Carbondale Community Farmers Market, Saturdays 9 till noon at the Carbondale Community High School, welcomes the community to come commune. <laughs> oh, man, I messed that up. Yeah, you can ha- commune with some, all the veggies. Have some come to unity at... The farmer's market. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, there's a lot of good veggies. Nine till noon. Yep, at Carbondale Community High School. Also coming up, we have the Art Hives Carbondale. It's been happening. It's already started, but it's on Saturdays from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Now through March 26th over at Carbondale Community Arts on Theophore West Walnut. It's a pop-up art studio, and they have all ages. It's free. It's open to the public. You simply walk in and become inspired, and you use a variety of 2D art supplies and have fun with other community members. So, I Sounds like a good program. I see. I like. I would like that because I like making art, but I'm not. You know, I haven't really been trained as an artist. I don't really know. Or you don't have a bunch of supplies. Yeah, yeah and I don't have the supplies or anything. So you can just walk in, and there's other people making art, and you just make what you can. And Jessica's going to be here to talk about it. <laughs> oh. I see you're in the lobby. There you go. <laughs> just like <laughs> on yeah on bang 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 that may be coming up next. Yeah. Um, I actually just brought a um my. Uh, little brother to the labyrinth peace park and he got to like walk it and run it and then i tried to get him to walk the labyrinth backwards and he's like he'll save that for another time <laughs> yeah but the labyrinth peace park restoration group this saturday at 1 30 at the guy house interface center will be meeting to look it over and plan and i guess while you're there you should walk the labyrinth because Yes, it's a one. It's a wonderful time of year to walk it too. It's pretty decent out. Well, yesterday was raining. <laughs> yeah, yesterday <laughs> like, was raining. Today, you know, I, it's slightly chilly, maybe. But I, I felt kind of creepy. I kind of like sat in my truck while he walked the labyrinth. <laughs> like we were driving past, and I was like, "Have you ever been to the labyrinth?" He's like, "Stop, stop, stop!" And he, he loved it. So. Yeah, I think it's great to try it in a variety of weathers too. You know. Also coming up, the Girls Rock Carbondale Benefit Show is coming up on Saturday at 9 p.m. at Hangar Nine. Girls Rock Carbonale Benefit Show offers a great night of music, live art, raffle, and silent auction as the group gears up for another round of Girls Rock Carbonale this summer. Have we mentioned there'll be music? Yes. And not just a little bit of music, but a lot of music by a lot of... Yeah, a lot of people, including Teen Teen Angst, which is a band that uh, performed or participated in last year's Girl Rock Carbonale. So they went through the program, and now they're performing at the benefit show of the next year. There you go. So that shows the program works. <laughs> it's a really great program, and I'm glad to see this going on. We do want to mention that between now and the next Tuesday, you can do early voting. Yeah. But I don't know. Can you do it on Monday s- still? I don't know. But the Jackson County Board will be voting on whether to set up a commission to study zoning for the county. So next Tuesday, the Jackson County Board meeting, vote on a zoning commission. That's that's too bad it's that day because that's like the voting day also. But <laughs> yeah. I guess you could go to the courthouse, vote, and then stay for the meeting. Yeah, there you go. Because, you know, you can uh, – the meeting will be at the Jackson County Courthouse at 6 p.m. on Tuesday. And the reason I said vote because March 15th is our primary. Yes. So – if you would like to primarily <laughs> pick somebody who will represent you, you must vote. No <laughs> complaining. And you know what we used to say in Chicago, vote early, vote often on voting day. <laughs> Just in Chicago. Yeah. All right. Let's whip through the rest of these. Okay. Yeah. We got the Community Grants and Programs Workshop coming up on Friday, March 18th at 10 a.m. at the Carbonell Public Library. 
is calling all libraries, museums, historical societies, arts councils, basically all the nonprofits out there. They can learn about grant writing and grant opportunities. It's coming up on Friday, not this Friday, but next Friday. I don't know. That's the same time as our radio show. Yeah. I think you should listen to our radio show and not go get money from like anywhere. But... Well, getting money for nonprofits is a pretty oh, important okay. deal. You can disagree. If you want that. a valid excuse to miss the radio show, I'll, I'll grant you that. All one. right. We'll be on the air next Friday again at 10 a.m. This has been another exciting and informative half hour of Your Community Spirit. Please send us an email, info at yourcommunityspirit.org. And I know that nowadays you can email money. <laughs> so yeah. if you would like to be friend of the station, please email the money too. Yeah, go ahead, check out wdbx.org and become a friend of WDBX. $20 in honor of the 20th anniversary. 20 years. Yes. Whoa. Just it's keep amazing. It, keep it rocking. All right. This has been... Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we'll see you again on the radio next week.